0: Now, last week, we saw this idea that there are two voices, two influences, vying for our attention and vying for our hearts. Now, today and tomorrow, we are going to see a speech from Paul to some Jews. And I want you to notice how he speaks to his audience. And this is going to be important in the days to come. Not sacrificing truth, but still speaking in a way that is relevant to the people who are listening. So let's dive right in today. We are in Acts chapter 13, verse 13, and I am reading from the ESV. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. So now Paul is moving away from Cyprus, this island into the Mediterranean, up to the northern coast of the Mediterranean Sea. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Again, I believe this is speaking about John Mark. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogues sent a message to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. So Paul stood up and motioning with his hand, said. So one thing I want to note here that I think is really important, that as we are following the example of Christ, as we are following the example of these early apostles, notice how they first shared the word of God. Yes, our words can be very valuable, and yes, we can share applications that the Lord has laid on our hearts. We can make connections, but God's word is the most valuable his word is what is living and active and transformative so notice that paul and the apostles didn't skip this it says after they're reading from the law and the prophets so paul stood up and motioning with his hand said men of israel and you who fear god listen the God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, he led them out of it. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. So instantly, we see Paul connecting to his audience. He's speaking to the Jews, who their scripture was strictly the Old Testament. And so he already, like we saw throughout Matthew, like we saw throughout Luke, is drawing a line back to the Old Testament. He's bringing in this context that God chose the people of Israel. He was with them in Egypt. He led them out of Egypt. He even put up with their complaining, their whining, their turning away during their 40 years in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. So he very quickly detailed God's presence with the people of Israel as he brought them out of Egypt to the promised land. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for forty years. And when he had removed him, when God removed Saul, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. So again, we are seeing this line drawn from God's presence with the chosen people of Israel, to them asking for a king, to then David, the amazing hero of the faith that we all look up to and revere so highly and who of course these Jews would feel the same about, how David was then made King by God, by God's will alone. And God viewed him as a man after his own heart, who will do all my will. And he goes on, Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus, as he promised. And God did make this promise to David. If we look back to 2 Samuel chapter 7, throughout this chapter, God promises David, that one of his descendants will be a king who will establish his kingdom forever. Verse 13 says, He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So Paul is showing this promise to David, showing that from David a promised savior was going to come and he points to Jesus. It says, of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John, John the Baptist, had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, what do you suppose that I am? I am not he, John, pointing out that he is not the Messiah, the promised one. No, but behold... After me, one is coming, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Paul speaking their language, drawing connections to the Old Testament, perhaps passages they had just read aloud, and even pointing to a modern-day prophet, John the Baptist, that he was looking forward to the one and only Messiah who is Jesus and then tomorrow and the days to follow we will see Paul share a beautiful gospel of salvation as We seek in our own lives to share God's word Let's take away three things from Paul's message number one And most importantly is share God's word not only our own because God's word is living and active Number two is point to Jesus as the answer, the solution, the savior. And number three is to speak to your audience. Speak in a way that they will understand. Draw connections to something that is important to them and they will be able to hear this beautiful truth all the more clear. So stay tuned as we hear the continuation of Paul's speech, and I will see you tomorrow morning. If you would like to grow your intimacy with God, to turn every workout you do into worship, then I'd invite you to join me for my free workshop coming up in April. It's called the Exploring Christian Yoga Workshop, where we'll be answering all your questions about faith-based yoga, whether that's okay, why it's okay biblically, and you'll get a chance to try out one of these faith-filled classes. So you can join me by signing up at hesedheart.com forward slash workshop. I would love to see you there.